Welcome to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to feature my recent conversation with Demario Moore and Jen Bundy. Demario and Jen are first-year students in our full-time MBA class of 2022, and they are also newly elected DSA representatives. They are the president and executive vice president of the organization, respectively. Recently connected with Demario and Jen to talk more about their backgrounds, what led them to Darden, and what they hope to accomplish with DSA in the coming year. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Demario Moore and Jen Bundy. Demario? Jen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Really excited to be here today. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, first and foremost, uh, how are you doing? How's everything? Demario, how are you doing? I would say I'm doing okay, um, to be quite honest. You know, things are pretty busy uh, with DSA. Also, have some personal things going on, but I would say that I have a solid group of friends and a support system here at Darden and outside of Darden. So that's really been able to, you know, keep me moving throughout the day. All right. And Jen, how are you doing? Yeah, I have to agree. I think it's been busy. And I think for the first three quarters at Darden, I had a routine. I had my learning team. I had a, you know, a rhythm. And I think that Q4 really throws that all out the window. And so I'm just trying to readjust and then plan for the summer. So definitely a lot going on. Our listeners of the podcast know that, or perhaps know, uh, quarter four is when you start taking electives as a first-year student. So you come out of the core, uh, maybe things slow down just a little bit, although maybe not for y'all with the DSA <laughs> and all this stuff going on. So um, curious about one of the, my favorite questions over the past uh, year with students has been, have people found an opportunity for hobbies or interests in the pandemic, uh, picked up anything new? Uh, Jen, have you, I, I know you've been busy, so you may not have had time for this, but uh, we've had a lot of like puzzling and paint by numbers and just getting outside, anything that you picked up in the, in the pandemic? So I would say I discovered that I, um, I very much don't like puzzles. I ordered a bunch and thought I'd become a puzzle person and realized quickly, maybe 10 minutes into my first puzzle, that I, in fact, don't like puzzles. Um, one thing I would say that I got more into was cooking. I'm not a very good cook, but early in the pandemic, I downloaded um, uh, an app that had all of the classic uh, recipes that one should know by the time they're 27 <laughs> or maybe even younger, but um, I've been practicing some of the staples so I can make really, really good scrambled eggs. That's where I'm at in my, in my cooking journey so far. I'm a little fearful uh, as to what I should have known how to cook when I was uh, <laughs> 27. So what's your scrambled egg recipe? What's your secret? You have to spend time. So I think a lot of people rush through breakfast and if you want to make good scrambled eggs, you have to spend 30 minutes, you have to use butter, <laughs> use yes. milk, uh, really make them creamy. And so it might not be the healthiest version of scrambled eggs, but it definitely tastes the best, but definitely have to have a solid 30 minutes to spend on them. Trust the process, in other words. Exactly. Yeah. All right. And Demario, how about you? Uh, you picked up any pastimes, hobbies along the, on the way over this past year? Yes. I would say the biggest thing I picked up has just really just been journaling. So just getting my thoughts out on paper. I suffer from imposter syndrome for a very long point of time. So being able to journal, I'm able to express that. Um, and then also just dealing with, you know, the rigorous program here at Darden. Again, we've been in the court for the past three quarters. Uh, so that was definitely um, a high stress situation. So being able to get it onto paper, taking a step back to reflect on it, it just really been really helpful for me. 
Well, I appreciate that. Is, is that a new thing for you? Did you just start journaling or have you done it before? Yeah, it's new. Like I never saw myself as being a person to really want to get my thoughts on paper. So really just, you know, doing like a ton of self-reflection because it's hard work and you have to hold yourself accountable with doing it. And I'm one, you know, where it could be hard to kind of get on this train of writing things down and holding myself accountable to it. But now that I journal, I find it a lot easier to have accountability and also find some accountability partners. So it's been really good. Nice. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. It's always fun to hear what people have gotten into and, and, and what you're spending your time on outside of Darden. So thank you for indulging uh, that question. This is also a chance for you to talk about yourselves a little bit and share your stories. So um, Jen, I'll come to you first uh, on, on this line of questioning. Tell us a little bit more about your background before Darden. Where are you from and, and what did you do before um, you know, showing up in Charlottesville? Yeah, so I am from Rhode Island, which is my favorite state. I could probably talk about Rhode Island for forever. So um, I'm from a town called Cumberland, Rhode Island, which is not a famous part of Rhode Island, but a great town nonetheless. And I went to school in upstate New York at Syracuse University. That's where a lot of my family's from. I'd been going there a lot growing up. And so it was fun to go back up to that region. And honestly, at college, I essentially thought that it would be very fun to get interested in politics. I was a political science major, definitely took some business courses, but certainly was not a business major. And after graduation, I moved down to DC. And I I guess I should mention before that, I had done one internship um, in DC working on the Hill for a summer. And I quickly realized that I didn't wanna dedicate my life to doing that, which was unfortunate because I was a junior and I had already set my major as political science. And so when I graduated and moved to DC, I was a little bit lost and wasn't really sure what I should be doing. I knew I liked DC. And so I figured, let's just go there, go to a big city, coming from a smaller town, that was going to be you know, my big journey and adventure. And so ended up in sales and I spent five years working in higher ed actually, uh, where I would travel five days a week and go all over the country and meet with college presidents and ask them tough questions about their strategy and their plans and essentially try to sign them on as new new clients. And it was really fun. Growing up, my family didn't really travel a ton outside of maybe Florida and New England. And so being able to visit 48 of the 50 states was super exciting. And I've likely visited with almost every college, you know, you could, you could think of. And if I haven't been there, you know, I've at least heard of it. And so that was really, really fun for me. And part of um, the reason I decided to go get an MBA, I think was because I loved my job. I loved meeting people. I loved working with people, but I really wanted to see more of the impact when you're in sales. Sometimes you're really, really involved in the front end of the conversation, but then you, miss some of the relationship building or the actual impact. And I think I really felt that. And I guess another area that I sort of got involved in um, through work was for a while, I I was working with big, big universities like like UVA. And I actually made the case to my company that we should really think about the small schools, the ones that really are struggling, the ones that really do need the most help, but maybe historically, you know, weren't able to sign on to be a client for whatever reason. And so I spent a lot of my time with these schools and sometimes I like to refer to them as sort of the underdog schools, even though, you know, they have so much promise and they're doing amazing things, but I really made the case to work with these, these schools 
And I think that bled over into my, my personal life in DC where I was living in a neighborhood that um, I would say was one of the ones that is overlooked. So I was in Columbia Heights in Washington, DC, very diverse neighborhood, an amazing neighborhood, but not the neighborhood that DC is really investing in, in terms of economic development. And so I actually ran and was involved in local politics in that neighborhood in DC and uh, really felt that coming to Darden would be an awesome opportunity to combine my passion for helping underdog communities and underdog schools and my business skills and trying to figure out a way to get involved in economic development in the future to you know, really give it a second chance and reinvest in the communities that like, I believe in, but um, maybe don't have the investment they need right now. So that was the impetus for me applying to, to business school. So you mentioned going to 48 out of 50 states. Have you gone to yeah. all 50, 50 now or is, is it total count? Mm-hmm. Or what are the no. two that remain? Hawaii and Alaska, you know, never been outside the sort of, you know, the continental states. And so, yeah, I, I have a lot of thoughts on states. <laughs> well, well, we'll have to bring, bring you back on the podcast to do state yeah. by state rundown. So, right. um, <laughs> so Demario, how about you? Um, now, for our listeners, sweatshirts don't always come through on the podcast, but I do just want to let everybody know Demario is wearing a Detroit versus everybody yes. sweatshirt. So uh, tell us your story. Uh, what did you do before coming to Darn? Yes. So I'm originally from Detroit, um, as is my, my sweatshirt. It was actually created by an alumni um, at my school. I went to Cass Tech for high school. So born and raised in Detroit, um, first generation college student. I went to Central Michigan University for undergrad. I started off as a computer science major. I thought I wanted to be a computer scientist, get into engineering, did that for a year. And I said, you know what? This is not it. <laughs> so then I switched my major to finance, ended up going the business route. Coming out of CMU, I started my career at Deloitte Consulting, so fresh out. Um, Deloitte was not a um, sponsor of CMU, so we were looked at as the underdogs, as Jen kind of mentioned you know, earlier today. So that was definitely a blessing, being able to go into organization for internship and then also getting a full-time offer. So five years I worked there in consulting. I did a lot of financial planning and analysis work early on, and then I switched over to their human capital practice, where I did a lot of change management work worked a lot with doing ERP implementations and really getting, you know, our audiences to understand, you know, what is change management, how does impact organization and what is that people element. And from there, I pivoted over to a startup because I wanted to change space. I wanted to get more into the digital space. And there I did more product management, product strategy, and then also did some internal diversity, equity, inclusion work. And being at the startup, the biggest difference from Deloitte was it was less buttoned down. I was able to wear t-shirts every day. Those are things that started sparking this passion in me that there was more to life and me just being able to be my authentic self. So at that organization, I ended up partnering with our COO to build, our, build out our DEI strategy. And with that, I started to understand how different parts of the business operated. So that started to strike my passion for wanting to get my MBA. So coming here to Darden has definitely been a blessing you know, being able to work with people like Jen and within this community, I've been able to push myself to grow. You know, this summer I'll be going to Danaher, um, which is their Beckman Coulter operating company. So it's going to be in Miami and I'll be working as a product manager. So super, super excited about the opportunity and looking forward to the warm weather and, you know, getting <laughs> out of the Midwest. 
I appreciate all of that. So we're going to stay with you for this next question. What about Darden in particular resonated with you as you were considering your options, Demaria? What 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 brought you specifically to Darden? Yeah, I would say for Darden, I was hesitant to be completely transparent at first. You know, me being from Detroit, living in Chicago, it's much more diverse um, than Darden is. And when I came to the diversity conference back in 2019, I was chatting with Mark Paulo Guzman, like he just left Darden. He was our, um, he was over the consortium, which is an organization that really champions, you know, underrepresented minority groups. So spoke with Mark Paulo a lot, came here to Darden. And when I saw the infrastructure and just the land and the buildings, it was very reminiscent of just being in the South and just pictures and things I would see in movies. I was like, okay, I feel a little bit uncomfortable. So I started having open conversations with people within the consortium, Donna Clark, and others just about my experience and what it means to be black and then also a queer man. And from that started to spark in conversations where people were very transparent and talking about the work that Darden was doing to progress diversity and inclusion. And from there, I was able to ask a lot of tough questions during the conference. And I had students that literally reached out to me after the conference, we set up weekly calls. When it came down to me applying, I had the most support from Darden throughout that entire process. And I know some schools are more hands-off, but I feel like Darden was very hands-on with me in terms of the, the students and the community uh, with charting my path to be here. That's great. And I'm glad you were able to ask those tough questions. I think that's important for people. I mean, oftentimes, as our prospective students are considering this path, they have questions about life in Charlottesville, what the school is like, all these kinds of things. And we do find that you reference some members of our admissions team, but nothing quite like engaging with the students um, here and kind of hearing firsthand uh, that perspective. It's one of the reasons why we have the podcast. Um, Jen, how about, how about for you? Uh, what led you to Darden? Yeah, I think at first it was just that Darden was near DC. And so I applied because I thought, you know, this is near DC and I'm applying to business school. It wasn't until I actually, because I'd never visited before I applied. And then when I actually went to do my interview, I remember I was very intimidated because, uh, you know, this is a very you know, prestigious university. I didn't come from a business background. I was insecure about you know, my test scores and all parts of my application that I thought, you know, I'm not gonna stand out to any of these people at this, at this school. But I remember when I came for my tour, I got to do a tour with a second year at the time who right off the bat was so welcoming, so kind, and immediately talked about her experience being a fashion designer and how she, how she had never taken accounting and how she was doing so well at Darden and that there was all these supports that even if you don't have that business background, they still welcome you, want you here. And I think similar to Demario's experience, I felt that after that first interview and that tour and even once I was accepted, everybody was so supportive of here's what you need to do um, to really vet Darden and we want to talk to you and ask us the tough questions and maybe talk about why there's not, you know, gender equity necessarily in terms of the numbers of women at Darden and what is it really like being in a section where it's 70% men. And I think that was really uh, helpful and made me feel like I belonged. And I think sometimes you just go to a place and you get a feeling in your, in your gut that, you know, I think I'll really like it here. And I think that's how I felt about Darden and was, uh, I guess one of the last things I'll say is once I got accepted, I got so many calls from alumni from Darden and that really stood out to me that alums would take the time to 
call me and encourage me and congratulate me and really welcome me into the community. And I think that was really distinctive uh, about Jarden and, and made me excited about not only the two years I'll have on campus, but the time I'll have in the network beyond that. I think there's so much goodness in what both of y'all said. I, I want to come back to some of these topics as we move through the conversation. Um, and one of my one of my sort of things that I've sort of reiterated here on the podcast is people always want to make the decision as to where they want to pursue an MBA. It's kind of like intellectual data driven thing. But invariably, there's also an intuitive element to it. Right. You just you can see yourself there. You, you can really sort of visualize you being successful at this place. And so I appreciate all your points um, here. So I'm gonna stay with you, Jen, for this, this next question as you kick us off uh, here. So you come to Darden, your first year students. Um, what was that like? Learning curves, anything that you had to adjust to over the, over the past year? Yeah, I mean, of course this year was probably a year like any other. So I think the entire campus was in the process of managing expectations and trying to have us have a normal first year experience in a year where nothing is normal. And that I think was challenging. So of course, you know, adding that into coming to business school and suddenly I'm taking accounting and finance and I've, I have never really taken that many accounting or finance classes and you're in the room in your section with people who were literally investment bankers for you know eight years before they came to Darden. And so I remember feeling really overwhelmed and I definitely felt like the weakest link even on my learning team because they have on your learning team, which is for those that don't know, a group of students that you're assigned to essentially and you work almost every night to complete the coursework for the next day. And I love my learning team, learning team 19. And Initially, I was really intimidated. And I think I had a lot of that imposter syndrome of, you know, I do not know necessarily what, you know, a, a, a credit swap is. And I don't know, you know, LIFO and FIFO and all these accounting terms. But uh, I went to tutoring. I, tutoring, everyone should go to tutoring. There's no shame in going to tutoring. Um, I went to tutoring. I reached out to professors individually. Second years, you know, reached out to me individually. And I feel like I really had a lot of support especially in those early days when I was so confused in some of those, in those quant classes. And another element I'll say is just adjusting to school. So what's really scary, I think about business school is a lot of us come from cities where we've lived for five years. We have our crew, we have money, you know, we're working. And then now I'm in this new place. That's not a city. I have no friends <laughs> and, you know, I'm overwhelmed. And so I think that was a huge adjustment too of just, trying to find your people here, trying to meet people. And then you add in, you know, a pandemic and different dynamics there. I think all of that was definitely a big learning curve. And that's one of the things we, we talk about a lot is that, you know, people are coming to Charlottesville. It's a relocation, right? So you're kind of uprooting from where you are, you're here. It's one of the reasons why I think the social community here is a bit stickier because everybody recognizes that hey, this is your group. You got to find your people here. Um, and so, but yeah, it's an adjustment. How about you, Demario? Um, what What has this first year been been like? Uh, as, as Jen notes, a, a year unlike any other, given given the externalities. Yeah, I feel like, Jen, that was a slam dunk. I want to echo everything <laughs> you said. That was, a, that was a slam dunk. I want to I start with saying that first. But I would say, you know, as Jen mentioned, you know, this was a very tough year. We had the pandemic, you know, and Darden having to pivot 
to figure out, you know, how to navigate that and learning as we go. And I call that, you know, being agile and that's hard to do. And, you know, we had the students having to pivot as well and go through this experience. Me, myself, I was furloughed from work April 1st, which is roughly two weeks after COVID had really hit back in like mid-March. We went to the grocery store. I had come back from vacation. There was literally no food in the store. So when that happened, I had to think about, well, what's next? Still, you have people that come here and they're focusing on the core during their first year, like Jen and myself, but you have all these other issues going on. You have family members that are dying. You're dealing with mental health issues, depression, anxiety, and doing that coupled with a rigorous program is very hard. And you know, once you transition from it being to fall until winter is coming, then it's dark outside and now COVID is here. So you have more mental health cases. So you feel isolated, alone and by yourself. But I would say the saving grace is we have such a strong community here where people were able to quickly develop resilience and think about innovative ways for us to get together in person and in small intimate groups. So you had a support system. I've had friends here that have definitely picked me up in some of my darkest hours where I was feeling very down. And those are the things that you latch onto. And those are the things that kind of get you through this. And I think that even though COVID was a bad thing globally, I think there's some beauty that came from it as well. Like we thought about ways for us to get together more. We thought about ways for us to figure out, you know what, what's most important? Family, being able to do these classes, you know, virtually or doing a hybrid format, which a lot of schools didn't have. So I just think that for me personally, it was tough. It was a steep learning curve for the cases. I echo everything Jen said, um, but I had a strong support system with the students and also the faculty members. I appreciate it. I mean, y'all have been so candid here and I have really appreciate this. I mean, one of the things I love about hosting these conversations on the podcast is just how much goodness there is for our prospective student listeners and sort of hearing the journey for students. It's not all perfect all the time, you know, but there's struggles along the way. Um, but the thing that I'm hearing from both of you as we, as we go through this conversation is that you found a way through, you leaned on people in your life. Uh, they helped you out and you're here. And one of the things that you're doing now is you're part of that sort of leadership uh, narrative at, at Darden, right? You are DSA, Darden Student Association leaders. Um, that's incredible. First and foremost, congratulations. How does it feel, Demario? Thank you. <laughs> um, honestly, I feel like it, 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 feel, it feels great. It, feel, it feels great. <laughs> Jen knows like <laughs> how much this meant to me running for it. Um, and me approaching Jen for us to run together. For me, being DSA president EVP is, it's the highest honor that I look at at being at Darden because you're elected by the student body and you're literally managing all of the clubs and you're speaking directly to faculty administration, working with the Dean and also just championing all those voices in the community and thinking about prospective students and alumni and how to better engage with them. So for me, it's, I, I, it's, it's hard to like really sum up in enough words like what it means, but I would say like it's an honor and it's a pleasure. Jen, how about how about for you? Um, what's it mean to be executive vice president of the DSA? Yeah, I echo everything that Demario has said. It's definitely you know such an honor to have the student body put their confidence in us to be their advocates and to listen to them and to make next year the best it can be. And we take that super seriously. And we really wanna be collaborative and really listen to what uh, the community needs and then try to put that into action. 
And honestly, I think Damari and I are both very action oriented, I'll say. And so we have this energy, we have these ideas, and I'm honestly just really excited to, to get started. You know, we've only technically been the president and EVP for about a, less than a week, actually, at this point. And so we're really early into this, but I'm really, really excited for what's to come. So you run as a team, right? Is that that's how it works? The two yes. of you were on a ticket. Um, how did you connect with each other and say, "I think we sh- we should do this"? Jen, um, do you want to share that story? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's interesting because I was involved in my section leadership. I was a section A social rep, and this year that was a lot of work because you didn't just plan one event; you had to plan, you know, nine separate events that followed the safety guidelines and. Honestly, I felt a little bit burnt out. And I said, I, I said, I'm not going to be in charge of anything next year. I, I'm just going to coast and have a good time. But, you know, I, I still was very passionate about what Darden could be next year and had a lot of ideas. And so I had actually sent an email totally just out of the blue and just as a random student. And I sent it to some of the leadership here at Darden and said, you know, here's some ideas I have for second year orientation and just listed them out. And I had copied, you know, a few folks on that email and I think it got into DeMario's hands. And so then he, uh, you know, had reached out and said, you know, I saw your email. I like the energy, you know, <laughs> would you want to run with me? And initially I, I was, I said, no, I, I was like, no, I, I'm trying to not be in charge. Um, but the more and more I talked to DeMario and I think it, it, it became more appealing and, and I totally credit DeMario with, instilling in me sort of the confidence to run. I think something that was really blocking me was, you know, should I put myself forward? Like there's other people that might want to do this and does it have to be me? And, and, you know, just feeling again, that sort of imposter syndrome. So it was amazing to really have him believe in me, which made me more excited to run as a ticket, knowing that that confidence uh, that he had and, yeah, it was, I think once we started talking more, I was like, this could work and we can have fun and we can be a team and we can really accomplish a lot of the things that both Damara and I care about so much. And so that was really sort of the impetus of us running together. Um, and Damara, I don't know if you agree or have any other thoughts no, on that. I agree completely, Jen. Like that is literally it. I think that our story is very powerful to tell because people may assume like we just came in and said, okay, we want to do this because we ha- we have contributed to our community, but it was opposite. And like Jen said, and we think about COVID, it's been a very rough year. Your first year is rough and doing it during, you know, COVID was, it, it, it made it worse. And I think that for me, when it came down to, in terms of running, I had a few people that reached out and asked me because they kind of like expected. And I said, no, I didn't want to do it. Very similar to Jen. And then I spoke to Layleen. Um, she was my marketing professor during core. And we had like our monthly touch point and we were just checking in. And I have went through some dark moments over the past couple of like months. And I was in a very happy place. And we were enjoying ourselves in our conversation, had like a hug and cry virtually on Zoom. And then she asked me if I would consider running. I told her no. And her question was, is this imposter syndrome? Again, these are things I definitely suffer with. And I told her like, no, I don't think it's that. I just don't think I want to commit to this. And after we left our conversation, I said, I would think about it. I reflected on it. I said, you know what? I want to do it. And I saw the email that Jen Heston had got into my hands, like she said, and I reached out. And I won't repeat a lot of what she said, but what I will say is that 
I spoke to a number of candidates outside of Jen, and I was very upfront with every person I spoke and I said, Jen is my number one pick. If Jen <laughs> says she wants to do it, I'm going to drop everyone right now. We're going to run for it because what I love about Jen, as she mentioned, we're very action oriented. And even beyond that, when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, and making Darden feel like home, Jen embodies that. Like completely. When I think about my vision, our vision is one and the same, like it's magic. And it's it's, it's crazy. Like, I was just like, wow, like this girl is phenomenal. <laughs> like you have to do this. Like you're thinking about sitting back and not doing anything. Like, no, you need to run by my side. We need to make this place fun. We need to bring back some energy. We want to make people feel like they belong here. And I know we can do it. So I'm just thankful that I was able to push her, but she also pushed me because even though we just transitioned completely a little over a week ago, the day we got elected, the work started. We started getting added on to meetings and I've had personal things I was dealing with at certain points and Jen is a rock star. Like she gets it done. So I'm just so grateful that we're doing this together. I'm so grateful to Mario. You're a rock star too. We're gonna, I think it'll be fun. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yes. So this is what happens when two reluctant candidates find each other and become the DSA president and executive vice president. So we'll talk a little bit about underdogs because you both talked about your passion for underdogs and maybe people that might be overlooked and not thought of um, initially. And so how is that influencing the work that you're thinking about with the, the DSA? Um, and maybe maybe it is, maybe maybe it isn't, but Damari, I wanna give you a chance to talk a little bit, little bit about your vision for the organization and maybe how you're thinking about your, your passion for underdogs. Yes, I would say underdogs are definitely top of mind. When we think about the NBA experience, especially here at Garden, I would say there's probably two groups of people that tend to get majority of the focus in terms of industry and career wise, and that's consulting and investment banking. Um, that's what a lot of students come to, you know, get the MBA for, specifically here at Darden. So what we would like to do is to really shine focus on those other areas that people are are very passionate about, but they may not feel as equally supported. You know, you have your big consulting firms, your big banks, and lots of smaller ones. As I mentioned, I started my career at a big four organization. I went over to a startup and I thrived and I loved it. And there are a lot of people that want to go to startups, want to go to these smaller places that have a different cross collaborative culture um, and having that servant leadership mindset. So that's definitely a part of um, our vision. Jen, how about about you? What's on your mind? Yeah, I think the career element is huge. And then also just the community element. I think COVID and the pandemic made it very hard for folks to really get to know each other, of course. And so one of our big goals is to have everyone feel at home. So I don't believe that anyone's necessarily, obviously the underdog at Darden, but it's more about how are you having people believe they belong here and believe that you know they can succeed here? Because obviously that's something that Demario and I struggle with and, and probably will in the future. But what's important for us is that we as leaders make everyone feel like they're included And that's giving people a voice, having a seat at the table, hosting events that, you know, will bring folks together from different groups and different backgrounds and really making sure that we're constantly thinking about how we can be inclusive and just having that be at the forefront, especially after a year where it's textbook not possible to be inclusive if you're mandating that only six people can meet in a group. 
And we really want to make sure that we're changing the narrative and hopefully bringing back some of that energy in a way where everyone feels that they belong here. So I was thinking about the DSA's goal for this past year is for all students to feel included and loved, I believe is uh, the, the goal. Uh, does that align with what you're thinking about too? It sounds like it, it might, Jen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as we've talked about, this past year has been really hard and business school in general is hard and we want people to feel like they have the support of the community, but then also of the DSA. We want to be visible and, and there because it, a lot of folks are going to look for help at some point throughout their journey at Darden and we want to be there and really make sure that we're sending that that note and that and that energy and, and just feeling of, of belonging and and love. I think that's a great way to sort of talk about things. It's important. Demario, any thoughts? Yes, absolutely. I think that this truly resonates for me. A little over a month ago, I did a session with Dean Solomon. He's at the Bat Institute and it was with Humans of UVA, which is an initiative that I'm working on here um, at UVA, which basically is gonna bring all the graduate programs together. So thinking about creating that sense of community. And during the session that we had with Dean Solomon, he spoke for roughly 15 to 20 minutes. And we talked about just leadership and having love being at the center of your leadership and how powerful it is. We're thinking about other communities. So when Jen and I ran, we mentioned that during our speech, how love is going to be at the center because love is the common language that brings everyone together. It doesn't matter where, you, where you're from geographically. So if we're able to embed that in our DNA here at Darden and embed it within our mission within DSA, that's gonna transcend throughout this entire community. So that's definitely our goal. We wanna make this place feel like home for people. We want people to feel like they're included, they're part of the conversation. And as Jen said, having a seat at the table. Well, what are you looking forward to in the months to come? I mean, you've got summers lined up. Demario, you mentioned you're, you're heading to Miami. Uh, what, yes. what are you looking forward to? Like, to be honest, like, I am super excited to get to Miami this summer. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't, I can't understate that, um, or overstate it, actually. Um, but I am so excited to get to Miami for, for the summer. Um, Darden is a beautiful place, a beautiful community. I'm a person that really loves the big city. And, you know, it's been great being here, but I think that just having, like, a break going to a bigger city um, you know, where there's a little bit more diversity um, and being outside of this bubble, I think it's going to do good things for me um, as it relates to my mental health. So really having some sun, being able to go to the beaches. I've already got one of my vaccines. I'm going to get the next one um, in, in, in a couple of weeks. So that's getting me very excited. And then I'm also excited because the role I'm going to go into is going to be a product manager role. So I did product for roughly three years before Darden. It wasn't a part of my goal to go back into product, but I'm going into general management. And with that, you're going to touch different parts of the business. But as I've been inside of the classroom, I'm starting speaking on my experiences. I realized like actually I love doing product management. I love talking about agile and what that means and how to get people to adopt these methodologies. So I'm truly excited for that. Jen, how about you? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, so I am going to be going to New York City for the summer for a consulting internship, which is a total pivot. I've never done consulting. And so I'm excited to see what that's like to meet the other interns that are going up there to see if I like this career. And I think it'll be really fun also to be in New York City. I have never lived in New York City. 
I'm honestly a little intimidated, but I'm also excited. I think it'll be an awesome opportunity to see what living there is like and actually get a sense for if I want that to be, you know, the city that I'm in after Darden. And I'm also just excited because I feel like this is going to be the summer of reunions. Uh, I had all these weddings that were planned last year of my friends and family. Those are all rescheduled for later this summer and in the fall. And I think this summer, if everything goes, you know, according to plan or or if things continue to look positive, it's just going to be reuniting with people that I love that I haven't been able to see. And I think that is what I'm most excited for, just reconnecting after a year where I could only see so many people on Zoom. And so I'm so, so excited for that. So you both have a lot to look forward to here um, over the next few months. Uh, Last question, same last question we ask of all our guests here on the podcast. Um, What's a piece of advice that you would share with prospective students, something that you would encourage them to think about? Jen, we'll we'll start with you. Yeah, so I guess the first, this is just a practical piece of advice that I've done everywhere that I've worked. I think you should create a folder in your email that's called greatness. And anytime that you get a compliment or someone calls out your great work or you do well on a project, put it in that folder so that when there's a time when you're feeling down, you feel like you don't belong, you feel like an imposter, you can go to that folder and be reminded of your success. And I've literally been doing this for years. And so I have a folder that has my dart in acceptance. I have a folder that has you know, times when I did well in class and a professor reached out afterwards and said, you know, you're learning accounting, great job. Um, So do that. And I think that's a really good reminder of, of just remembering to be kind to yourself and complimenting yourself and hyping yourself up the way you would anyone else and, you know, your best friend. So that's one piece of practical advice. And I think that just goes into my general advice of putting yourself out there. And and if you're on campus, you belong here and, and reminding yourself, some part of it for me was faking it till I made it and literally going into class and just trying, you know, asking questions in finance and putting myself out there, even though I was confused, <laughs> um, but believing that it's okay to be confused and it's okay to ask questions in class and, and not feel like that means, you know, you don't belong here. So I think that would be my general, general advice. Two great pieces of advice. Uh, Demario, how about you? Yeah, Jen, that was great. I know that was for prospective students, but the career in the folder, I'm going to take that myself because <laughs> that is a really great idea. So I'm going to start that today. <laughs> I'll, I'll say for prospective students, some advice I would give them, I would say first is do a lot of self-reflection and figure out what it is that you want to get out of your MBA experience, whether it's your involvements here on campus connecting with family, you know, that are, are not here maintaining those relationships, or even what, you know, field you want to go into, what companies you're thinking about. Really hone in on that, because once you get here on grounds, there's a ton of companies that are going to be throwing themselves at you. And sometimes it's easier to get lost in that. Um, so just like really take some time to understand that. The second thing I would say is Think about your current group of friends and people you've been around for the past couple of years or throughout your life and how comfortable you are with that. And allow yourself to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and exposing yourself to other cultures and groups and really being intentional on doing that. So when you get here, you're able to build a global perspective. And with that, you're able to allow others to have a seat on the table. That goes back to Jen and I goals with DSA. So the more prospective students that come in with that mindset 
when you're in the classroom, take a step, a step back to think about, you know, well, how does this group of people feel towards this? Practicing that empathy. I think that's really going to, you know, challenge the status quo. And then I would say the last thing is have fun when you get here. You know, you're going to be in core. Core is hard, but give yourself some grace. Give yourself opportunities to have fun because your network is going to be the community you build here. And you can't put a price tag on that. Well, thank you both. This has really been an incredible conversation. We've covered so much ground and appreciate your passion uh, for the work that you're doing on behalf of students uh, here at Darden. The DSA is the only student organization that effectively represents all the Darden students. Uh, and so that is, that is incredible um, just to hear the energy, the passion you have. And so really appreciate your coming on the podcast to share your stories, your backgrounds, and of course, so much great advice. Um, so Demario, Jen, stay safe, good luck in, in the, in the months ahead. I have a great time in Miami and in, in New York City and look forward to seeing you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This is great. And that was my interview with Demario Moore and Jen Bondi, two first-year students in our full-time MBA class of 2022. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.